0: Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey everybody, welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR. Your host, David Gill here. Hope everybody's having a fantastic week. As always, I certainly am. Uh, Really excited actually just Uh, was talking to a couple potential interview guests that will hopefully be on uh, either next week or the following week. I know I've been promising uh, some great guests in the past couple weeks. And finally, they are lining up just kind of, you know, have to, uh, you know, accommodate for people's travel schedules. And, and, you know, these are busy uh, executives and uh, successful people. So, I have to be respectful of their time. But anyways, uh, very excited for that. Just wanted to give a quick update because I know I've been teasing interviews. But yeah, uh, one of them will be the CMO of a $100 million plus uh, company, organization. And anyways, that's all the details I can say now. But definitely am looking forward to those interviews coming soon nonetheless uh got a lot of good response on our episode on my last episode about apple the strategy of apple the apple watch the iphone x or 10r and their strategy for moving into india and expanding revenue you know how do you grow a trillion dollar company when you're already a trillion dollar company how do you keep growing Well, I gave my analysis of Apple's strategy to do just that. So give it a listen if you have not already. Just scroll right back in your podcast feed. Anyways, today we are talking about the easy money era in venture capital and why I think that it will soon end. And I'm not, you know, some bear or saying tech startups are overvalued. We're in a huge bubble. No, no, I'm just going to kind of give you a, a few reasons why I would not expect this to last much longer very much uh, a numbers based uh, analysis but anyways let's get into it money looking funny when I'm driving by. so at the moment we are experiencing the biggest amount of capital in the venture capital markets and startup land ever. There has never been this much money, even in the dot-com bubble. And you know, the ironic thing is, a lot of this money is going to uh, software companies. And and you know, we're we're in the information age. One of the brilliant things about the the software age is that any kid or group of people in their garage or bedroom or whatever with very little money just time could create the next big thing that was the whole promise that was the whole big deal that didn't really take much and it doesn't really take much to create a product you can go if you're a developer on your uh, afternoons or, or weeknights and weekends and develop a product on the side and with very little money and become successful or at least get some form of product or business out there with very little money. But now, the, uh, and the reason I say it's ironic is that it, it, the whole promise was that it didn't take money. But now there's more money flowing uh, towards uh, software companies and startups than ever, ever before. And, you know, the question is do they necessarily need this money? Do you even want this money if you're a founder? And I'll get into that a little later. But, you know, first I wanted to talk a little bit about why. Why is there so much money right now? What has changed from, you know, 10 years ago to now that there is $100 billion or more, more this year that will be invested into venture capital when just... Uh, what maybe five six years ago there was not even thirty billion a year and now that number is over a hundred billion. So what has changed? Well, a couple things. So if you look at the last decade, the the two thousand to two thousand ten and then or kind of right the not exactly lining up, but basically the decade of between the dot com bubble and the housing. Uh, collapse in 2008, 2009, and then the decade now, basically the 2009 to now, what has changed? Well, in the previous decade, in that previous little cycle, interest rates were much higher, and there was very many places to get A four to five percent return with relatively low risk right you could go open a savings account and get four percent return you could get CDs like a 12 18 month 24 month CD at five percent you know these days those CDs go for about two, two and a half percent. And that's on the high end. And that's now with interest rates rising. But for a decade, we've had really, really low interest rates, if not zero interest rates or even negative interest rates uh, in other places outside of the US. And so obviously, you know, that's a stark difference from being able to open a savings account and get four to five percent. And so with this chase for yields in, in of investors, it, it's, it's, it's much more difficult to find a Five percent yield or a six percent yield. Now, and, and not to mention that this is the previous decade was uh, there was a combination of the dot-com bubble bursting and scaring away investors from tech, and there was a macroeconomic uh, climate where you could get five percent returns with re- very little risk that made it very difficult for startups to raise money but now investors are enamored by stories of startup riches and that compounded by the fact that you know achieving even a 7% yield right now is actually quite difficult with the same risk tolerance that you could have 10 years ago or more than 10 years ago. You just cannot find CDs or low risk bonds that are going to give you much more than a few percentage points. You're going to need to increase your risk tolerance. And that's what investors have done. Risk tolerance is now higher than ever because investors have no choice. Either you make no returns or you take the risk. You know, this has changed the very fundamentals of how investors are valuing Companies, you know, there's an endless list now of companies that have little to no profits, or in some cases, are even losing money, but they have massive valuations because of their growth, right? The market conditions have shifted. Investment principles, really, you could say, and and profits are now secondary. So long as top of the line revenue, or you have massive amounts of users, as long as top of the line revenue, user growth, all of that is occurring, then profit is secondary. This was not the case 10 years ago or in the previous cycle. But, you know, the question is what happens when hundreds of billions of dollars are thrown into businesses that don't actually return a positive cash flow? You know, we live in a world of paper millionaires and billionaires, but how often is that, or how what is the likelihood that all of that money will materialize? Is this sustainable? Is this the new norm or is it a bubble? And I don't think it's necessarily a bubble per se. I don't think that, you know, we're going to see some pop, some major crash where all of a sudden no one's investing in tech startups. Definitely not. I don't think that's the case. But I, I think at some point we will see a slowdown in the amount of money that is flowing into. Uh, VC's hands. You know, the balance of investor capital and capital needed from founders is skewed in the, it's, it's off balance, right? The scale is definitely skewed towards way more money flowing into founders than what they actually need. And the question is, right? You can only have so much capital because there's only so many new businesses and new ideas that can be created that will ret- bring these massive returns, right? There's only so many Ubers and Twitters and whatever. That there's so much money in the space that there is just there are not enough founders and companies that can return give you a return on a hundred billion. On thirty billion, yes, there was. On a hundred billion. There's just not enough money that can be returned to give you to make it worth investing in VCs at this point. You know, many prominent VCs and angel investors have actually. Greatly reduced the amount of companies that they're invested in, or many have even left the market entirely. You know, a, a famous example is Tim Ferriss. He decided to leave. Um, there's there's lots of, ex- Chris Saka has decreased his amount, and he was a big time investor back just five, five, six years ago. Many investors have very much decreased the amount of investments they're making or left entirely because the market has gotten so saturated with endless capital. It's it's very easy for startup founders to go and raise capital. And listen, I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing. And I'm not blaming founders in the slightest. If you're a founder, and you know that it's going to cost you a million dollars over the next two years to keep your business alive. And you know that you're going to need that money to because you have this new prototype or product or your software is in beta, whatever. And you say, hey, I can go raise money. I can go get a million dollars for my company pretty easily. And it will allow us to last another 18 months, two years without having to turn a profit of course you're going to do it. You have all the incentive in the world. So I'm certainly not blaming founders in the slightest. It's more on the investor side that I think investors are soon going to realize that it's not that easy to get these big returns. You know, the, the problem with venture capital and startup investing is the complete... Illiquidity in the markets, right? Because there's so Ill, it's so illiquid, it takes so long to get your money out, right? If you're an investor in Uber, there are many investors who still have not been able to cash out from Uber. Uh, they have not gone public yet. In most of the in most cases, right? These you invest in a startup and you exit either you get bought out or you go IPO. Now, in in these days, there's so much money in the market that you actually have these, you know, by the time you get to Series D, Series E, whatever, uh, new investors will buy older investors out, the early angels out. But not in all cases. And so it's a question of how are these guys going to cash out? It's going to take years. It often takes five to 10 years before you will ever see your money back if the company is successful, right? Obviously, most startups fail. So if a VC fund isn't returning at the very least 10% uh, IRR, or basically an annual rate of return, it's not worth it to invest in in venture capital, if you're not getting at least 10%. And really, some say it should be 12%. 12% is basically, uh, if you have a 10 year fund, which is pretty common, that at the end of the 10 years, uh, 12% annual, they will have tripled your money. So for the risk of saying, I'm going to give you this money, and I'm not going to see it for 10 years, you're going to triple it. But at least 10%, that gets you to about a 2.5x return, not exactly 3x, but at least you're going to get, you know, a 10% annual return. And that's That's better than you can expect from uh, general public markets normally. Obviously, it depends if you're in a bull cycle. You can obviously we have we've had years with the S and P and going up fifteen percent, whatever. But that's that's abnormal. That's that's not the norm. So you need at least a ten percent for the risk and the illiquidity. The problem is. Because you can go elsewhere and get six to eight percent. If you just you know, if you bought the S and P, right, you can get on average about a seven percent annual return, and that's very liquid. You can sell your S and P, uh, you know, your ETF at any time. If you're investing in VC, you're not going to see that money for for ten years. So you know, after this two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen era, right, in that era there was a massive boom of of multi-billion dollar companies and insane venture capital uh, yearly returns, right? The median, the median yearly return back in this era was about 20%. That means your average VC firm, not the top ones, average was getting about 10% and even some years the bottom quartile right the bottom quarter though the worst of the the vc firms that are just not that good were still getting a 10% annual return which is incredible right that the worst of the worst were still getting 10% so and you know in this period that that kind of four or five year period. You know, you had Uber and Airbnb and Instagram and Twitter and Dropbox and Pinterest and just dozens of heavy hitters. You know, these you hear these stories of of riches and 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 companies going from zero and seed stage to worth billions in just three years. I mean that's insane. That's that's not normal. That's incredibly rare that you have a company go from zero to a billion or more in just a few years. And again, at the same time, remember, this is the post-recession years or in the middle of and and post-recession years where interest rates were zero or negative globally. You know, this kind of created uh, a perfect storm for money to flow towards venture capital. Money is always going to flow to where it can compound most, where the returns are and all of the returns at this time were in VC. But the thing is now there's too much money. And, and this is how I know. So in the, in the period, in that five year period that I said, you know, that spawned all those companies and had 20% annual returns, which is insane. In that five year period, there was, or I should say in the last two years from 2017 through this year, through the end of 2018, there will be more money put into startups than there was in that five year period combined. And I think a lot of these investors are failing to realize that one of the reasons for that five-year growth period was because of a shift in technology, right? One of the reasons was because of the iPhone and the overall shift from desktop to mobile. Most of these companies that grew from that era were based on being mobile first, and that was when being mobile first was unheard of. You know, Uber, Instagram, Twitter, all these companies, they were never desktop- Companies. They were always companies that took advantage of people now having a computer in their pocket, or in the case of Instagram, everyone having a camera in their pocket at all times. Before that, that was not the case. And so there was a major technological shift, and many companies were able to be born out of that shift. Right now, there is no such Major shift, especially not on the consumer side. You could argue that on the B two B front, um, AI is kind of that shift. Everyone's switching from uh, basic software to now advanced AI. But even then, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I wouldn't compare it quite to the shift from desktop to mobile. So now you have more money than ever pouring into companies who do not have the advantage of being first. To a new technological trend because that was really the advantage of those companies. You can still start another uh, Instagram or Uber or Twitter, but good luck competing because it's kind of too late. It's very, very difficult to compete with them at this point. But because they had partly first mover advantage on this new technological trend, they were able to grow really quickly because they were the only offerings available at that time and they had a fantastic new product that had never existed before. And listen, I've, I've talked about how I think the new trend when we will see another shift like that again is when AR hardware finally takes off the software, I think we will see another boom of a, you know, augmented reality apps explode, but you, the hardware needs to be there first, just like for all of the mobile apps to explode, you needed the iPhone and Android first. So Once the hardware is there, then you will see the software explode. But we're not there yet. That's still a few years away. And until then, returns will remain low and many companies who should probably only be given a few hundred thousand to start will be given millions. I mean, just look at how Series A rounds have been going recently. I mean, they've gotten ridiculous because it's so hard to find companies that can get traction that if you're a... You know, the classic case right now is the B2B SaaS companies. There are so many B2B SaaS companies, it's it's mind-boggling. And it's so hard to gain traction because there's only so many problems and ideas and improvements that can be made that haven't necessarily already been made yet with the technology that's available. And so anytime a you know, one of these companies is able to show, hey, we have, you know, $2 million in revenue. All of a sudden, they're able to go out and raise money at a $50 million valuation when they're only doing $2 million in revenue. I mean, insane multiples like that that did not exist... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you've got companies like just last week, a company called Airware, they were a drone analytics company, they raised $70 million 24 months ago, they've raised almost 120 million in their five, six year tenure, and they went completely out of business gone they don't exist anymore 120 million dollars evaporated why because they were able to show a little bit of traction and all of a sudden vc money like vcs were throwing money at them and then all of a sudden they realized oh this isn't a real business drone analytics i don't know how many drones do you see right it was kind of a there was a drone trend but i don't see that many drones and especially i don't see enough enough of a demand for a drone analytics company to raise 120 million dollars and well, clearly there was not enough demand because now they are out of business. Or even more recently, just a couple weeks ago, there's a new mobile video company that was, in this case, the reason why they were able to raise so much money is because it was Jeff Katzenberg and uh, uh, Meg Whitman. Meg Whitman's the ex CEO of HP, and Jeff Katzenberg was a, a Disney exec for many years. You know, this is a company that has nine employees. They have these big names, but they have nine employees, and their seed stage, seed. Was a billion dollars, a billion dollars seed stage. Have you ever heard of that in your life? And listen, I'm they're brand new. I wish them all the best. I'm not, you know, hoping for their failure in any way. But they're creating a new. What they're doing is a mobile video platform. They want to compete. Right, if you saw IGTV, uh, Instagram's new app come out that has not been doing very well. Um, and they so they want to compete with kind of creating a similar app to that, and also compete with YouTube. But they're starting with a billion. Dollars. That's a big bet on an idea, because that's all it is. It's an idea. It's, hey, we want to make vertical, mobile-first content, video content. Okay, good idea, but is that worth a billion dollars? Have we gotten to the point where an idea is worth a billion dollars? I don't know. Obviously, they're going to use a lot of that money to go out and license content, but nonetheless, there is so much money in the space, and, and you really just have to look at as I said, the returns, because money goes where the returns are. And now that interest rates are rising, now I don't know how long they will stay at the higher levels. This is not a macroeconomic discussion by any means. But I think the problem is that a lot of people who are moving their money into VC land now are going to quickly realize that the easy money, quote unquote, easy money, there's no such thing, but quote unquote, easy money has already been made. And that venture capital IRR right now is only at about six to eight percent at six to eight percent annual returns you can get that in a lot of places where you don't have to have your money locked up for 10 years right you can get that in public markets ideally and at least you know you can sell at any moment if you want to if there was an economic downfall and your money is in uh if venture capital it's gone. There's you're not getting that money back. There's just when you have this illiquidity, you need higher returns. And when you're only getting six to eight percent on a ten year illiquid investment, I just don't think that it's it's reasonable. And I think that many of the and, and again, I think it's going to take a couple more years to slow down. I think next year will probably be the peak, and then we'll see investors uh, slowly start moving out of VC uh, investments quite simply because as i said it, you know it because of this long time horizon it's going to take a few years for all the hundreds of billions that have been invested from 2016 17 18 to kind of feel the pain a little bit and say oh shoot my money's locked up i can't touch it and i'm only getting a 6% annual return this sucks so less money will be moved in obviously the money that's committed is already committed but i think we will see a slowdown for all of the reasons i've given again i think i don't think we'll see a bubble a pop i don't think we'll see anything like the dot dotcom uh, bubble but i think we will see a gradual slowdown over time i think that right now companies are being overvalued there is too much money in VC. there's just not uh, you know the founders don't need this much money you don't need three million dollars to start a software company you need a couple hundred grand so you can pay yourself Pay a couple engineers and give yourself eighteen months to see if this product works. And if it doesn't in eighteen months, two years, then it probably is not going to work out, right? Especially in the in the you know B two B space where we've seen so much investment. You don't need a team of fifteen people and a few million dollars in the bank to start a basic software company. So that that's that's kind of my uh, thoughts on it. And again, I'm not trying to be bearish or bullish. I'm just giving my general. Uh, assessment and why I really think that it will go down over time. But in the meantime, if you're a startup or a founder, go raise that money because I don't think that money is going to be there two three years from now. And I think 2018, 2019, this is the time to be raising money because if you can't raise money now, then good luck in a few years. All right, before we go any further, let's take a quick break. So the real question is, how do companies drive real, meaningful growth, unlike the fake growth in VC land right now? And how can you grow your company? Well, you've come to the right place. MGR has worked with hundreds of businesses to do just that. We're a full-service marketing agency, and by full-service, I really mean it. From managing your ad creative to diving deep On your business strategy or even building out entire web platforms. MGR does whatever it takes to help your company grow. If you want to take your business to the next level, that is what we do. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email me personally david at MGRAgency.com. Send me a simple one liner. Uh, listen to your podcast interested in working with you or you can send me many paragraphs explaining in detail exactly what your company needs what you what you need help with to get to the next level and I promise that we will get back to you very quickly either way one liner or full trilogy I promise we'll get back to you anyways let's get into some news it's time for the news so there's not a ton of news in the past couple days, so I decided I'm going to do a bit of an augmented reality update, an AR update on things that are going on in that space. So first of all, Microsoft is deploying HoloLens, their uh, own AR device, into the real world in a couple weeks. It's working with Chevron on some of their work sites. The workers are going to be wearing the goggles to try and navigate and identify areas with faulty infrastructure and systems that need repair, so this is a b2b example of ar being used in the workplace we'll see how that goes obviously it's very much in a trial run right now also mozilla the creators of firefox are creating fire or have uh created Firefox Reality which is the first their first AR web browser it's still in the early stages but it allows you to do a couple unique things uh, you can if you want to google it uh there's some videos of it but you know it allows you to do a couple unique things that are not possible without AR and one example of that is like If you are cooking, for example, and you want to make some dish, you know, if you're wearing the glasses, you can pop out multiple windows in front of you and kind of resize them how you want and one can be playing a video of a person uh, making the thing or giving you instructions on how to make whatever dish you're making and on the left, you can have… a little pop out with a web page that has all the ingredients you need with instructions and uh, whatever. You know, unique things like that I thought were pretty cool. And obviously, that type of interface, you know, cooking is a very basic example, but that could be used for many, many things in life, as you might imagine. So, very interesting. It's very early in early stages for Firefox's uh, browser, but definitely looks promising. And finally, uh, speaking of Startups raising a ton of money. The startup WayRay raised 80 million dollars. It was led by Porsche, the car company, actually. And uh, so, what WayRay does is they create holographic heads-up displays, HUDs, that can be used on car windshields or regular windows. Uh, obviously, in this case, you know Porsche is investing for the windshield case. Um, but they have unique holographic projection projection technology that could be very valuable in the future we'll have to see but I've seen some of their demos they look very cool obviously a lot of these AR demos look much cooler online than they often end up being in real life but certainly interesting that Porsche was willing to fork up a huge amount of capital Uh, they must have seen some type of promising technology there anyways that's kind of the AR update for the week Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please leave a review on whatever podcast platform that you listen to. Uh, Share this with one person who you think would also enjoy. Just one. Email it to them. Text it to them. Whatever. Share it publicly if you want. Tweet it out to the world. It doesn't matter. I would very much appreciate it. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. See you next time.